Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come into the room. How are you today? It's Friday. It's Freedom Friday. We are here meeting um, at our at our meeting place where we believe God is going to meet us right here. We believe chains are going to break. We believe that the captives will be set free. Amen. And so come into the room. You better believe for it. You better believe for it. Today we're talking about take the territory. It's time to possess the promise. Come on now. You got to believe. It is unto those who shall believe. Be it unto you according to your faith, right? Believe, believe, believe. Do you believe that you shall receive? Amen. So I'm excited today. As you can see, I've been in worship, been in the presence of the living God, and I believe he is going to really bless us today. He has a word today for his people, and he's moving the immovable. He's breaking the unbreakable. <laughs> we believe. I don't know about you, but I believe, right? Come on now. This, it can't just be a song. It can't just be something that you listen to and get you full of emotion. This thing needs to ignite your fire. It needs to ignite the faith in you that you really do believe what God has spoken to you. Only you know the promises that God spoke to you. Only you know the things that God has revealed to you that he wanted to do through you and for you, right? But you got to believe. You got to believe that thing. Just like you believe that you was going to wake up today. When you went to bed last night, nobody had to convince you you was going to get up this morning. Nobody should have to convince you that God keeps his word. That he keeps his covenants, his promises to a thousand generations. That he's faithful to his word and he watches it to perform it. That it does not return to him void. So no one should have to convince you. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ yourself, if you know God and you know that you know that you know, and you know his character and you know his nature, nobody should have to have to try to excite you. No one should have to try to, you know, get you to pull on your faith. You should believe for yourself because you know God can't fail. You know he's not a man that he shall lie. If he said it, it is so. You better be like Joshua and Caleb, even if you got to go spy out the land today. Whatever God has promised you, you better come back with a good report. And you better be ready to go take that territory. Amen. And so, yes. So, this is one of my favorite songs on my worship playlist. This is C.C. Winans. Believe for it. Why? Because I believe God. The Bible says Abraham believed God. And it was accredited to him as righteousness. Your belief is your currency. Your belief in your faith is your currency. When you go and you deposit money in the bank, that is currency for you to make a withdrawal. If you want to make a withdrawal from your from, from God today, you should have some faith stored up in your account. You should have some belief stored up in your account. Because in Hebrews 11, 6, it says, For without faith it is impossible to believe God. So today we are going to go forth in the name of Jesus. We are going to be strong and courageous. We're not going to be afraid. For the Lord thy God is with us everywhere that we go. He has already given you the land. It might not be a physical land. It may just be healing. It may be freedom. It may be a breakthrough. It may be a relationship. It may be an opportunity. It may be ministry. It may be, you know, whatever it is God spoke to you, it's time for you to possess it, though. 
Maybe he's calling you to birth something. Maybe you really believe him to be a, a mother, to, to really have a child. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how difficult it seems to, to science, to medicine, to man. What is the report of the Lord? Are you believing what is true or are you believing the truth? Because the truth shall make you free. Amen. Something may be true, but that don't mean it's the truth. Your body may say that you're sick. Your body may say you got you disease. The, your body may say that, but the truth is, by Jesus Christ, you are healed. Amen. See, as y'all can see, I'm, I'm already going in. So we're going to get started. Um, I always like to allow people to come into the room before I really allow um, myself to uh, go in. But as we can see, the Spirit of the Lord is here. He has already met us in this place. And uh, I'm excited. And so welcome, welcome, welcome to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Renee, and we are here redefining a woman's worth, and we are doing all things unto the Lord, believing God is redeeming us, renewing us, restoring us, healing us, making us whole. Why? So that we can go forth as the women of God that he called us to be, that we can truly be in alignment with our original destiny, you know, God had a, he had a thought in mind. He told Jeremiah, before you were formed, I knew you. So God already had, you was already a thought before you even got into your mother's womb. You was already a thought in his mind and he already had purpose for you because God doesn't do anything without purpose. Everything God created in the beginning, in Genesis, in the origin, it was all in purpose. There was a purpose for it. God does everything with intentionality. So you're not a mistake. You're not a happenstance. You're not not, you know, you're not just, you know, a disregarded thing. You're not just an, or you're not an orphan. You know, you're not an illegitimate child. You have a father, whether you don't have your natural father or natural mother, whether you were adopted, whether you were given up, whether you were raised by family members or whatever your story is, you are not illegitimate. You have a father in heaven. And he says that he is a father who is a father that loves you and he correct those that he loves. You're not illegitimate. He's a mother to the motherless. He is a father to the fatherless. Even David said, David, he grew up in a household. He grew up in a household with his father. You know, he grew up with his mother. But it, even in Psalm 27, he says, even when my mother and my father forsake me. So don't think for one second, if you don't know who your father is, if you don't know who your mother is, that just because a person may have had parents or know who their parents are, that that makes a difference. Because sometimes we might have a, pre a parent who is there, but they're not present. Or you can still be forsaken. See, David understood what it was like to be forsaken, even by those who were supposed to love you. So, yes, some of us was dropped. Yes, some of us, you know, was abandoned. Yes, some of us was rejected. Yes, some of us was given up. Yes, we were told that we wasn't wanted. Yes, we was told that we, they should have aborted us. Yes, we were told, you know, by our father that he, he don't want nothing to do with us. Yes, those things are true. But you have a father in heaven who, because of the, the redeeming power of the blood of Jesus Christ, decided that he would take you in and he would adopt you and now you have his blood you are under the blood of Jesus you have now been adopted into the kingdom of heaven to the family this is a family the body of Christ is a family we're one we're many members to one body we are a family of believers who are bound in love and through the blood so you have you have an identity you have a family you're not alone you you you're not disregarded goods you're not trapped 
trash. You're not, you know, a good for nothing. You know, whatever lies and labels that were spoke over you because somebody else's issues or somebody else's woundedness, somebody else's, you know, hurt and pain, lack of healing, lack of wholeness, lack of, you know, feeling love within themselves. Don't allow that to to hijack or to steal what God has for you. Because we all have gone through, and yes, some people may not have gone through the same thing, but we all have gone through something. And just because it's not your history or how you started was a little bit um, tumultuous, just because, you know, it was difficult or it was traumatic does not mean your latter days is not greater than your past. Even Job, who was a righteous man in all the earth at that time, even he was tested, even he was tried, and he he wasn't not, nobody who, who really was practicing sin or you know I'm sure I may not live a life like Job and I try my best to live righteously in the earth but I'm sure that there are areas of my life where I fall short so I can't even try to even put myself in on the same level as Job but yet and still his righteousness or him having a good life because he was blessed and he had wealth and riches and, and children and all of the things that you know most people desire he had all of that but that did, still does not mean that you will not be tried or tested or that life won't happen or you won't enter into a storm or you won't lose everything even if it's not warranted even if you feel like you've done nothing that don't mean life because Jesus already said that trial and tribulation like we can expect it is going to happen right persecution for they hated him first so they gonna hate us because we because we believe on his name so we have to know like did your righteousness your family upbringing your background your history is not going to exempt you from experiencing life and trial and tribulation and circumstance and pain and hurt you know but God is a redeemer. He's a restorer. He's a healer, you know, and, and that is what we want to focus on today because regardless of what you did or how you got to this place, you hear. And God still has a promise for you. He still wants you to go and take possession of what he has promised you. You know, so I love talking about take the territory. As y'all can see, I'm just uber excited um, because it is so important that we really have an understanding of what that means because there was a promise given to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, but it started with Abraham and it, he gave, he was given a promise that he never seen in the natural, but he believed it in his heart and he was able to experience it in the spirit because he was able to walk on the very land and even sow into the land. Amen. He was even able to buy a piece of what he believed that God was going to give his descendants. And so sometimes we have, we are needing to inherit or take possession of something that was promised to our, our ancestors, that was promised to our forefathers, right? To, because just because God gave you a promise, don't always mean you're going to be the one to occupy it. But we are living in a time in the same way the children of Israel, through the leadership of Joshua, had to go into and take possession of what God already promised them. You're talking about over 430 years later after the promise was given. But the time did not, it did not negate the promise. The fact that they were in slavery and they were being mistreated and they had these harsh taskmasters putting all of this, all of this work on them and this, and, and really um, oppressing them and, and putting their foot on their neck. And they experienced all of this um, very traumatic and very difficult 
generations you know they lived there for 430 years in slavery like that so they were being mistreated for a very long time they experienced you know, being a slave for a very long time. They experience, you know, being abused for a very long time. Some of us have been abused for a very long time. Some of us have been in bondage for a very long time. Some of us were mistreated for a very long time. Some of us feel like we've been in some kind of prison for a very long time. But how do, you, how many of us know that that time of that of that darkness don't mean nothing because God said we've been endured for the night. Joy is going to come in the morning. There's a, going to be a time where he's going to bring you out of that dark place and he's going to take you in because that's the kind of God we serve. So Moses had to go into the dark place. He had to go into the place of bondage. He had to go into the place of, of slavery and he had to help bring the people out. Greetings, 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 woman of God. Thank you so much for being here. We are going to take the territory. It's time to take the time to possess the promise because God has promised you some things. I know he's promised me some things. And sometimes we get discouraged because we experience, you know, life opposition. You know, we experience failure. You know, we experience some hard times and some tribulation and we experience things. And so sometimes life can start looking counter productive or counter you know counterintuitive to what God has spoken of your life and then time may be a factor maybe God promised you something 10 years ago maybe he promised you something 20 years ago maybe he promised you something two years ago but the fact remains we live in time God does not we know a day is like a thousand years a thousand years like a day to him he's the creator of time so he doesn't factor in time we do and sometimes we can get caught up in the timing in the timing I'm sure when the Israelites went from Goshen, can you imagine they get they in a famine, you know, finally the, the, the people of Israel, you know, Jacob and the 70 of his family get to come to Egypt, come to the place of salvation, come to the place of deliverance, come to the place of increase. Je Joseph was in position. His his prediction came true. Amen. How have God given you a dream? Come on. Has, has God given you a dream? See, Joseph had a dream and he had a dream when he was about 17 or so. He had a dream. And see, sometimes God give us a dream and we assume because we are a dreamer or we assume because we know the dream was from God and we even can interpret it. And we know it means something great. And we assume that that means that life from that moment forward, everything is going to align with, with that dream. But we got to understand that there's going to be opposition because Joseph had a dream. And in his excitement, he told his dream to his brothers. And then he thought that they was going to be happy for him. But guess what? They hated him even more. And we got to understand that maybe the hate not coming from a family member, but we got to know the adversary hate us. So just because you have a dream don't mean you're not going to experience opposition, but everything that happens on the way to the fulfillment of the dream is going to work together for your good. And you're going to be in position just like Joseph went from the pit to the palace is you're going to get to your destination if you stay the course. Right. So it's time to possess the promise. Because Joseph didn't understand that him being sold, him being put in a pit and then being sold and then being being becoming a slave and then being accused of something he didn't do and then being thrown in the prison. But it's interesting because as much as he went through all that, favor still followed him. 
Pharaoh still followed Joseph because he was in Potiphar's house and he had favor and everything he did was just prosper. It was clear that the Lord's hand was on him so much. So Potiphar put him in like second in command. Amen. Because see, God is always preparing us. He's going to use everything. He's going to use, he'll use wickedness for his righteousness. And so even though he experienced some things that seem unfair, even though he experienced some some storms, even though he experienced some tribulations, some trials, it was all in preparation for the destination. He had to go and be prepared so he could possess the promise. See, because his dream told him that he was going to be in a position. He was going to be in a position of authority, that he would be in a position of leadership. That's what his dream told him. Right. But see, a lot of times we get a dream. A lot of times we get a word. A lot of times we get a promise, but we don't know the path. And we can get discouraged because we may like Joseph be thrown into some pits. We may be accused of some things. We might be persecuted. Life may be unfair. Some people may reject us. Some people may disappoint us. They may, they may even sometimes, and we, and we got to be realistic because we're dealing with humans. And I know we want to believe because we're believers and that everybody's a believer, but we all are human. And so sometimes even your blessing, the anointing on your life will just cause people to be envious. It will just cause people to be envious. And we got to know that and we can't be offended by it. And we can't take it personal. We got to know how to pray for people. We got to know how to go into the spirit and deal with the root of it because it's not the person. It's the enemy using the person because the enemy is going to bring opposition. He's going to try to get you to terminate the to terminate the the the. The blessing. He's going to try to get you to terminate and to abort the promise. He's going to try to get you to back up and relent. He's going to try and fight you tooth and nail to try to get you to, to give up. And some of us, we fall into it. But how many times we know that a righteous man can fall seven times and seven times he can get up. You just got to know that no matter if you do stumble, that God's grace is sufficient. And you can still make the destination if you stay the course. You need to possess the promise. And so I love the fact that even though the children of Israel, they was in bondage for centuries, centuries. Could you imagine being in a situation for centuries and not even believing, seeing people live and die in that same place? So you really got to have a lot of faith when you really want to hold tight to the promise. Because sometimes the promise does take time. Sometimes you assume that there are going to be some people who's going to be able to possess the land or possess the promise with you and they don't make it. And you can't be discouraged and you can't be distracted because God, God's plan is for your life. God knows the plans he has for you and it's for a hope in the future and to bring you to an expected end. Their, their end may just be different. So you got to be able to stay the course. And see, those who was supposed to come out, they were they were in position. So when Moses went back to get him, whoever was supposed to be there was there. Whoever you supposed to need in your life, whoever's supposed to be in, whoever's supposed to be alongside of you is going to be there. It may not be who you think. It may not be who you want, but who is supposed to be, it will be. Because God, in his omniscient and omnipresence, in his all-knowing, in his sovereignty, he knows all things, right? So even here, 
as God has given you a promise, just like he has given, he gave the promise to Abraham and he, the promise was for Abraham's descendants. So the promise, even though they were 400 years away from their forefather, the promise was still intact. So some of us are going to inherit the promises that was promised to our, our praying, believing grandmama. Our praying, believing great, great grandmama, people we never even met because they, they lived and died before we were even born. But they were, they were strong men and women of the Lord. They have, they have prayed. They were obedient and see Abram was known. Abraham was known to be obedient and he, he obeyed God. He was considered a friend of God. Some of us have family members somewhere in the bloodline that God looked at them and he considered them a friend. And God is faithful to his promise and his covenant. There are things that we need to take possession of in this time that was promised to those that came before us. In the same way, the promise went to Abraham, but he did. He's not the one who possessed it. He was able to sow into it. He sowed into it. He was able to purchase land in Canaan. He was able to walk the land. He was able to see the land, live in the land. He was able to experience it by faith. Like some have gone before us. Take your position. Some has gone before us and see they experienced the promise in faith. But we need to we're now we are needing to possess the promise in reality, in faith. So we need to take the territory. We need to go and possess the land. And so even as Joshua, as that transition, because once you're assigned that you're about to embark on taking the territory or possessing the promise, is you going through a transition. And see, a transition took place before Israel, the children of Israel, could take possession of what they was promised. See, because we think because God promised us something that we just, it's just going to fall into our lap and it can. But a lot of times God promises something and we have to go take it. He promises something and we got to go take it. The land was theirs, but there were already people inhabiting the land. The land was there. See, God gave a promise. He said the land is yours. But that didn't mean that it was going to not come with warfare. That didn't mean that you was not going to have to go up against some things. It don't mean it wasn't going to be some giants in the land. It may be a principality. It may be a strong man. It may be, you know, a generational curse. It doesn't matter what it is. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to be like the 10 that gave a false report and incited fear into the children of Israel? Are you going to be like Joshua and Caleb and like, listen, yes, there were, there was some Amalekites on the land. Yeah, there's some giants. Yes, there's some things I gotta, I might gotta go up against. There might be some strongholds I gotta pull down, right? I might gotta go in intercession. I might have to go do some fasting and praying. I might have to go to war, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Let's go. Let's go take the land. Because one thing I know for sure and two for certain, you want to make sure you got the right people around you. You want to make sure that whoever is around you right now 
if you know you're in a time where God has been speaking to you, see, because I'm only can I'm only the messenger, but you got to go before God and you got to seek him for the revelation and how it applies to you or if this word is for you. Right. But when you know that it's your season, because, you know, we hear those words, we hear people preach, we hear people prophesy. Oh, it's your season. Oh, it's your due season. Oh, it's your season to reap. You know, we hear all of these things. But see, you got to know that, you know. You got to be able to discern your time and your season. And so in that, you got to have the right people around you. Because just because you know the promise is yours, just because you know what God has already shown you belongs to you, don't mean that you won't have to go fight for it. So you're going to need some faith friends on your side. You're going to need some people who know how to pray. You're going to need some people who believe. You're going to need some people who can come alongside of you like Aaron and Ur. So even if you get tired of holding up your arm, they can come alongside you and hold it up for you. Because you need to possess the promise. You need to possess the promise. And so Joshua, he was in the transition where he was going from being trained under Moses as getting prepared to be the leader to becoming the leader. To becoming the leader. See, transition is important because all of what you've been going through, all the preparation, you know, all the training, because sometimes the training, when God is training us, it don't look like how we think it should look. We don't even recognize this training in, in, as we're in it. I'm sure David didn't realize when he was out in, and he was out in the, in, in the uh, pasture with the sheep and he was protecting the sheep and loving the sheep and keeping the sheep and defending the sheep and fighting off bears and fighting off wolves. I'm sure he didn't think that that was preparing him to have to go fight a giant. Right? Because sometimes, because God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts not our thoughts, we don't recognize the preparation. Because to us, it doesn't seem that significant. To David, it could have just felt like he was just doing his job. But to God, it was him preparing you because he understood the battles that was ahead. He understood the things you was going to have to fight. I'm sure he was complaining. Yes, he was a man after God's own heart, but he was human. I'm sure he was, but he stayed faithful. David stayed faithful. He stayed faithful to the pastor. He stayed faithful to them sheep. He stayed faithful to God. He stayed no matter. They was ridiculing David, talking about him, making fun of him because he was just a quote unquote shepherd boy. Even his own brothers, when he went to take them food and to get a report of what was happening as they were out to war, he he was being taunted and tormented even by his own family because he was a shepherd boy. But see, what looks small to us is big to God. And see, that's why when Samuel came to anoint the next king, he had to skip over all of them because they heart ain't right. And God knows he looks at the heart. He don't look at the outer appearance. So when you're in a time of transition, you will start sensing God beginning to elevate you. Things will start to change. You know, you might start getting opportunities or people might start, you know, recognizing you. You know, you feel a shift is happening. See, Joshua, he was faithful like David. He David was faithful in the pasture, faithful for years over them sheep just committed just day in and a day out doing the same thing over and over and over. But see, he built up faithfulness. 
He built up commitment. He built up perseverance. He built up character. Because he was going to be the king. In the same way, Joshua, Joshua was, he was loyal to Moses. He was committed. He was faithful. He pursued the Lord. He, he was obedient to do whatever Moses, whatever the Lord said through Moses for him to do. So when that time came for him to go and get in position, because it was time to go take the territory, it was time to go take possession of the promise. It was he began to go through a transition and see the the leadership of Moses came to an end. His Moses season came to an end and he had to step out of position so Joshua could get in position because Moses was anointed to bring the children of Israel out. But Joshua was anointed to take them in. You have to know your anointing. You have to know who you are. You have to know your identity. You have to allow God to have his and patience to have his perfect work because all things are beautiful in its time. And at the right time, the transition happened. And, it, and, and when I read the end of Exodus and um, in and, 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 um, and Deuteronomy, excuse me, when I read the end of Deuteronomy, I don't see where it ever says that Joshua was pursuing or looking to become the next leader. He was just in position. I'm going to say that again, because that might be for somebody in the back. It doesn't say that Joshua was looking for a promotion. That he was looking for elevation, that he was trying to bring attention to himself, that he was, you know, trying to make a way for himself. It just tells, it just, it just gives us the, the backdrop of him being in position. He was just, he was just loyal to where he was called because that's a prerequisite for the promotion. That's a prerequisite for taking the territory. You have to be able to be in position. Sometimes we, we, we get out of position because we try to make our own way. We try to create our own opportunities. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. So you don't have to go out and try to put yourself out there. You don't have to worry about getting online and trying to get a hundred thousand, you know, followers or subscribers. You don't have to worry about, you know, trying to sound like the next person or try to be the next person or try to open doors for yourself because your gift gonna make room for you. When it's your time, like Joshua, the transition and the elevation and promotion, promotion, it's just going to happen. It's going to happen because it's the time for you to take the territory. It was his season. It was his time. And he was prepared because he had already fought many battles and was victorious. He was already faithful. He was all he already had set under the right leadership. He was already faithful and committed unto God. He was already content. He was already committed. He was already faithful. He was already, he was, he was not trying to be something he wasn't. He understood that wherever God has me for this time, that's where I need to be. And not only is that where I need to be, I need to be there in excellence. So sometimes, yes, we, we might have to serve for serve somebody, serve some, sit under somebody else's ministry. We, we might have to, you know, operate in, in the children's ministry. We might have to work on a job. We might have to do something where we're under somebody else for a time. We have to submit. Come on now. Come on, sister. That word right there. 
that that so many people take out of context. You submitting is you're coming under the mission. And you're not coming under the mission of this person. You're coming under the mission of God. Because you, if you believe that God is ordering your steps, if you believe God is, is he knows the plans he has for you, then you have to believe that even like Hagar, I see because I was just reading about Hagar when she ran from Sarah, when she ran from her, her, her master because she was being mistreated. And, and the angel of the Lord appeared to her. He appeared to her, you know, at Beth Lahai Roi, the, the, the well of the one who sees me. Right? She, he revealed himself to her in that moment, but what did he tell her to do? Go back and submit. Oh my God. I feel, I feel the anointing right there. Go back and submit. Cause some of us are trying to run from the place God has planted you to be, keep you in position. And he's trying to teach you how to submit. And a lot of us women, come on now, cause a lot of us, I know, you know, like myself, are believing God to be married, want to be a wife, but we know what the Bible tells us to do. Wives, you know, you are to submit unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. So if you don't submit to the Lord, what make you think you can submit to a man? So if God has you in a position of obscurity, if God has you in a position of being a servant, if God have you in position, you know, of being trained up or or being under someone or being in a, at, a, at a job or being, you know, a part of a certain ministry or serving in some kind of capacity. But, you know, there's something greater in you. You stay in position until God. Until he elevates you. Because the moment you allow yourself to get full of pride and ego, come on now, because we know he resists the proud but give grace to the humble. See, you got to humble yourself to submit. That's why it ain't easy. Because you have to hum humble yourself. And especially it's not easy when you feel like you have to come under somebody who may not be leading properly or who may be doing some things that, you know, are not necessarily the right way. Or you may be under somebody and you feel like they shouldn't be in the position they're in. Come on, let's tell the truth. Because we have those thoughts. We think it. But that don't have nothing to do with you. Because your purpose ain't there to examine how, they, how, how they're, you know, leading or what they're doing. Because God is going to, you know, they got to go before the throne of judgment like everybody else. They're going to have to give an account. Your job is to do what God told you to do in the season that you're in. And you got to learn how to submit because you're not going to like everything. Even with your husband, sis, let me tell you something. You not you may not agree with every decision he make. You, you may not feel like he's leading y'all family properly. But that's where you put your faith in God. You go to God. You begin to get on your face and you pray, Lord, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable. This is, you know, scary. I don't know. I'm, I'm having anxiety about this. I don't think this is the right way. This looks like it's going to end up in disaster, Father. You know, you go to him. You don't worry about that person because once you continue to submit and you take it to God, God will move in that situation. But too many of us abort ship because we can't stand, we, we can't stand the heat in the kitchen. Because it take a lot of strength to submit. It take a lot of strength to trust God beyond what you see, what you feel, what you know. It take a lot of strength to do that. But anybody who God is going to elevate and promote and, 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 and take into and going to use them in a great and mighty way, trust and believe you got to know how to submit. Because if you don't submit to man who you do see, what you can, you're not submitting to a God that you don't see. You got to understand the way God works. And the moment he is ready 
to, I don't care where you are. <laughs> I don't care if you feel like you under a rock. I don't care if you feel like you is in the deepest pit known to mankind. When God is ready to come, when God said it's your time, when he's ready to tap you in, when it's your time to get in the game, he coming to find you. That's why you got to stay in position. Because he got to be able to find you. That's so good. You got to stay in position. See, Joshua had to stay in position. It didn't matter how many years he served under Moses. It didn't matter that Moses struck the rock after God told him not to. And, and I'm sure he saw that. It don't matter that Moses got angry when he, you know, and he allowed himself to get in his flesh. That didn't matter. He needed to stay in position. Some of us, we might see the leadership that's above us. We might see their sin. We might see them miss the mark. We might see them make a bad decision. We may see their, their struggle. We may see, you know, the areas of their life that ain't so pretty. It's not your place to worry about that or to judge. It's your place to pray and to stay in position. And too many of us get distracted by trying to examine somebody else's life and walk when we need to continue to examine our own. So when God come looking for you, he can find you and you're ready. Because when it's time to take the territory, God ain't got the time to get you ready. You need to be ready. See, Joshua already had what it took. He already was prepared. He was already skilled. He already had the experience to go do what God needed him to do because he stayed in position. So when God began to confirm him and affirm him and to assure him because God understood what you're about to be up against is not going to be easy but what did God tell him to be strong and courageous be strong sister be strong in the Lord and the power of his might he said be strong and courageous and do not be afraid because the Lord thy God is with you everywhere that you go God knew that when they went to go scout out the land there was going to be giants they knew he knew when they got to Jericho, it was going to be a fortified city and no one could go in and come out. God knew that they was going to have to go and they was going to have to destroy the, the city of Ai. He knew these. He knew the battles that they were going to face. And that's why it's so important to really get rooted and grounded in God and his voice and his nature and his character. And know that, you know, that, you know, because it's not just because you're called, just because you're anointed, just because God has given you a promise, just because you've had a dream, just because, you know, greatness is inside of you don't mean you're not going to face opposition. It don't mean you won't be up against some things that's bigger than you. Because with God, we always going to be in position where we're going to seem like the underdog. Why? Because it's not us. It is our God. It's he who is in us that's greater than he that is in the world. It is our God that will go before us and fight our battles. So no one can get the glory but him. But you can't allow fear cause you to shrink, shrink, shrink back. Excuse me. You can't allow fear. So that's why it's important to stay the course. Because once once it's time to take the it's time to take the land, it's time to possess the promise for many of us. We know because if you if you're in tune and your ears to heaven and you understand God's calendar, you understand the Hebrew calendar, you understand the civil year and the ecclesiastical ecclesiastical year. We're in the civil year and ecclesiastical year at the same time, but they observe two different um, new years. So we're embarking. We're in embarking in Tishri. And then we're about to go into Rosh Hashanah, which is the Ecclesi is the uh, civil new year. 
right? It's the head of the year for the civil calendar, which was the calendar that kings used and for childbirth and certain things, right? And so we're embarking on the new year. So anytime we're embarking on a new year and a new beginning, there is transition. So there's physical transition. I'm not only here just giving a word, trying to get you excited or, you know, trying to pump you up or get you full of emotion. It ain't about no emotion because trust me, you're going to have to learn how to ignore emotions because them things are fickle and they'll lie to you because your emotions will tell you that you can't do it. Your emotions will tell you it's too hard. Your, your emotions will tell you it hurt too bad. Your emotions will tell you you can't love again. Your emotions will tell you you can't try again. So you can't listen to your emotions. So I'm not here to try to get you to be full of emotions. I'm trying to get you prepared because I know that I know that this is a time for many of us, a time of transition because it is God is preparing us to possess the land, to possess the promise. So we need to make sure that we have our ear to heaven and we are in tune and we stay in a position and we don't abort the mission because that's what the enemy wants us to do. So, yes, opposition might seem like it's gotten a little more intense. Warfare may may be a little more frequent. You might be experiencing, you know, a lot of, you know, feeling like you can't sleep at night and you got to be up praying or you got to be up interceding. You got to you might feel like you got to fast a little more. You might feel like you got to call on your prayer partner and y'all got to touch and agree on some things. You might feel like you got to worship more right now. You might feel like there's some kind of pressure, but you can't explain it. Those are signs of transition. Those are signs of transition. But see, he's already given you everything you need. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, he's giving you every good thing you need to do his will. You have the strength. That's why he didn't tell Joshua, go get strong. He said, be strong because God is giving you the strength. Be strong and courageous. Know that God is with you. Meditate on the word day and night that you will have success in all that you do. Know that God is going to be with you like he was with those that came before you. He said, be strong and very courageous. But he's not telling you to go get it. He's telling you to be it. How can you, why would God tell you to be something you're not? He not. He's telling you to be because he already know because you have his spirit in you. That's why the Bible tells us he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. See, the enemy likes to try to play tricks in our mind and make us feel like we're weak and make us feel like, you know, we're not as powerful. You, you power, more powerful than you think, sister. You're you're stronger than you think. Don't let the enemy's, you know, tactics and, you know, his wiles deceive you. That's why God said, be strong. Be courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. See, that that is uh, that is literally him giving you a key or he is giving you a promise. Like if you meditate on the word day and night and be careful to obey all that the law my servant Moses gave you and do not turn from it. That you may be, he didn't say, you know, that you can be, that you possibly will be. He said that you may be successful in all you do. So he's already put it in you. But the way that we cultivate it, the way that we know how to operate in it, the way that we know how to, you know, harness it is when we, we stay in position and allow him to continue to train us up. 
to train us up. See, so, and it says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? And so God keeps saying the same thing over and over to Joshua. Why? Because God is wanting to affirm and assure Joshua, I've already given you what you need. Just be it. You don't got to try to be. You don't got to be anointed. You are anointed. Just be it. You don't got to try. You don't got to try to be blessed. Just be it. You ain't got to try. You just be it. Why? You, you, you blessed because you in Christ Jesus. And the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and has no sorrow to it. And so we have to understand that God don't tell us nothing. He don't he don't give us a command or he don't tell us anything that we not capable of doing. And even if it's just us doing it in him, it's still possible. So when you about to take possession of the land, don't allow opposition don't allow trials, tribulation, don't allow warfare, don't allow people talking about you, don't allow if you ain't got enough money, don't allow what the media saying is happening in the world, whether it's talking about famines or shortages or wars and rumors of wars and all of these things. Don't allow that to distract you. Don't, what did he say? He said, do not turn from it to the right or to the left. This is Joshua 1 and 7. Don't turn. Don't turn. Keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your eyes. Keep on eyes on on Jesus. Keep pressing forward to the mark of the high calling. See, because distractions going to come. I'm going to be honest, you know, and confess right now for myself. I've been being very, very distracted. And it's so interesting because the way distractions will come, they so subtle that if you're not truly intentional and paying and really discerning, you don't even realize it's a distraction because it may be something that's good. Because <laughs> we got to know that there's a difference between something that's good and something that's God. So every time it's a good opportunity or every time somebody needed to come help you do something good or every time, you know, there's a good, you know, some doors open and it seem good don't mean it's God. And we got to be mindful, especially because even in the time of transition, you're going to be given instruction. These were instructions God was giving Joshua. Be strong, be courageous, meditate on the word. Do not turn from it. You know, be strong and courageous again. Do not be discouraged. See, God was giving him instructions because he understood what he was up against could have the potential to make him be fearful. It can seem discouraging when God go tell you to go spy out the land that he promised you and you go look at it and it's all full of ginormous people and it's giants living on the land. That can look discouraging. Or when God promised you that you're going to be married and ain't no man try to talk to you in the last five years. That can seem discouraging. When God tell you that he is going to bless you with a ministry and you're going to touch the nations, but you ain't got no followers on your social media or you ain't had no opportunity to go minister nowhere. It can seem discouraging. Or the very thing God told you that he was going to give you, it looked like somebody else is in that position. It can be discouraging. That's why he said, do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
So it ain't you, it's the God who's with you. That is going to give you the ability to take the territory and to possess the promise. So I just really love um, just how God is so intentional and so good. And he'll just minister to us through his word and, and just constantly reading the word over and over. But you read it once and then you get something, you read it again, you get something else. But God is saying we're in a time of transition. Again, we are literally in a, a moment of time where there is about to be a transition of time in the Hebrew calendar. We're about to go from one year to the next in the Hebrew. Literally, look it up, Google it. Google, you know, the Hebrew New Year. Google, you know, uh, Rosh Hashanah. Google it, study it, read it out. Let God minister to you about this time and what this time means for you. But we are, and we are still in a Shemaita year, which is going to end um, right at Rosh Hashanah. But this entire year has been a Shemaita year. So it's been a year of, of, of release. It's been a year of, you know, of having having things forgiven or a year of reset, right? Because back in um, Leviticus and in the Old Testament, when they experienced the Shemaita year, it was a time where your debt could be forgiven. It was a time, you know, if you had to pledge something, you could receive it back. Um, and it was a precursor to Jubilee. Jubilee was the complete resetting right it was a time that everything was just going to go back to its original design because God's original design for us is to be in abundance is to be in paradise like the garden of Eden the garden of Eden was the land of paradise it was no lack there there was you know there was nothing no there was no struggle there was no pain there was no nothing he because that's that's how he wanted us to be that's our original state but sin is entered in. So now we got to deal with the effects of sin in the earth. However, it's still God's mindset to put you back in that place of being above. That's why he tells us you're above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. You're the lender and never the borrower. Well, see, even back then, people had to borrow because they may didn't have enough for whatever reason. And sometimes in their borrowing, they couldn't pay it back. And then they had to go into slavery to work off their um, their debt. But even in that, God is so sovereign. He only allowed them to have to be a slave for so many years because he's never intended for people to be owned by other people. He never intended people to be slaves. So he even said even to the Israelites, okay, yes, even if you have to try to work your debt off, even though your debt might be significant, only for seven years. After seven years, listen, they got to be released because that's not God's intent. And it has to be raised. The scales have to be balanced. The books have to be cleared and you get to start anew. God said he's doing a new thing. Isaiah 43, 19. And it shall spring forth suddenly. Do you not perceive it? He's going to make a river, rivers and deserts. So that means that dry place, that place where it seemed barren, that place where you, you feel like you couldn't produce anything, that place where it seemed like there was no flow. He's going to make a river there. He's going to make a river there. So what was once hard is going to be easy. So what, what was once a struggle, you're going to find that you can do it and it's going to take you no effort. Because he's going to make a river in the, in the desert. God does not intend for us to toil, to be under the curse of Adam any longer. 
That's why the blessing of the Lord, Proverbs, what, 10 and 7? I think that's what that um, scripture is. But the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and it adds no sorrow. Or one translation said, and no toil. No toil for it. And so when you think of that word toil, it would, depending on what translation of the Bible you read, when you go back to Genesis, what was the curse of Adam? He was going to have to sweat. He was going to have to toil. He was going to have to sweat by his brow to try to get the land to produce something. God is saying his blessing is going to come upon you and it ain't going to be no sorrow. It ain't going to be no toil. Because his grace is sufficient. Because his grace is sufficient for you. And so I just am believing God to continue to take this word that he has spoken to me and through me to whomever is on the line who listens to the replay. Take it to the Lord for yourself, please. Um, don't just take my word for it. You know if it's for you. You know if it resonates with you. I've been reading out of Joshua um, chapter 1 um, and also... Um, like I said, when it comes to knowing and understanding the timing and the calendar of God and understanding Rosh Hashanah, what that means, um, the Jewish New Year, the of the civil year, you know, and what all of God, God has already anointed and appointed to happen at this time for you. Because see, God has a calendar and he has a chronos timing. He has a chronos timing where he come to meet you. See, oftentimes we, we, we get very caught up in us trying to reach God. You know, we want to we want to pursue him. We want to seek him. We want to petition him. You know, we want to go boldly before the throne of grace. We want to enter into the Holy of Holies and see all that is great. That's good. We got we, we that's what we need to do as believers. But we have to be aware that there are times God coming to meet you. There are times he's going to come knock on your door. There's times where he's just going to come bring you things you didn't ask for. He's going to bless you with things you didn't even know you wanted. Because, again, you got to know the word. He says it. It says it in Malachi. It says it in Deuteronomy 8, uh, 28. It says it in Malachi 3. It says it all throughout the New Testament that there are times where God just give you things you didn't even ask for. Where his blessing just come in and overtake you. So all the years of tears, all the years of tears, he said, that's why those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It is about to be your due season, your times of crying all night, crying yourself to sleep. The times of you, you know, always feeling like you behind and beneath you looked over, you're left behind feeling forsaken. That time going to be over. That time going to be over and it can happen in a blink of an eye. And this is why it's so important to stay in the position because see the enemy going to come. He going to come to sift you as wheat. He going to come. He going to try to buffet you. You going to start experiencing opposition. You going to think if you if you got family or children or, you know, your job or even in the church, wherever you have to be. Sometimes people just start coming against you for no reason. Don't take it personal. Sometimes it seems like things just start happening out of nowhere and it don't even make sense. Like, what is going on? Don't get off course. Stay in position. That means you are in the time of transition. If you know that you're not living a lifestyle of open seeing, you know you're living a lifestyle of righteousness, you know you're being um, you know you are being faithful to God and being obedient to what He says, see, because we gotta keep it real. Sometimes things happen to us because of our choices. 
So even if we are doing something that we know that is offensive to God or a sin, we can go and ask for forgiveness. We can repent right now. You can decide right now, this very moment, Lord, examine my heart. It tells us in Psalms, let your word examine my heart to see if there's any error or any evil in it. And if it is, take it out. Lord, forgive me for the sins I've committed against you knowingly and unknowingly. Lord, forgive me for the sin, iniquity, and transgression that I transgressed against you, Lord. Whatever. You can get back in right standing. But if you know that you are living your life to the best of your ability to do all that God has told you to do, the Bible says if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But that doesn't mean that the enemy won't come and try to steal your joy. That don't mean he won't try to kill the dream. That don't mean he won't try to destroy the promise. That's why it's important to stay in position because even when you're transitioning, it may not even feel like a transition. It may feel like you're going backwards. <laughs> it may feel like you're going backwards. It may feel like your prayers ain't getting answered. It may feel like God ain't moving, but see, God is always moving. He's always moving. Come on. See, you said that's you right now. See, that got to be for you because I don't know where that came from. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering to your daughter because he understands. He know where you at. That's why he wants me to be here to encourage you, to help gird you up. So you you will be like you, you will continue to run and not be weary. He'll mount you up on a wing as eagle, you know, that you will wait on him, that you won't be weary in well doing, that you won't move like I had an opportunity. I had an opportunity because I'm believing for something. I'm believing God to do something major in my life. And I, and, and I feel pressure. I feel like my back is against the wall because I'm in a place that I don't want to be and I'm uncomfortable, you know, and it's, it's, it's not suitable no more, you know, and it's just that time. Sometimes when you're in transition, things get real uncomfortable. The, a place that used to be a peace for you, a place that used to be a blessing for you. Now it, it, it it's, it's like you like, Ugh, like, I don't even want to be here. Like, I don't even feel the same about this place no more. This place, you know, it ain't serving me like it used to. Come on now. See, that's God allowing you to be uncomfortable because he's ready to move you. But see, sometimes the enemy, he don't know everything because he's not omniscient and omnipresent. But see, he'll he'll try to eavesdrop. He'll try to get information. And if he thinks he can get a wind of where you are, he know he can't stop the blessing. But if he can get you to abort the promise, if he can get you to give up, if he can get you to throw in away the towel, if he can get you to you right on the cusp, like your feet is right here, like you about to cross over, like like they was in, they had to go through the Jordan. And see, God parted a sea. He parted water more than one time in the Bible. That's why you got to read that thing. See, when God do things more than once, you got to know that's him telling you like this. I will do, if I did it, then I'll do it again. He parted the Red Sea when they was coming out of Egypt. But see, he parted the Jordan when they was going into the promise. So whatever those waters is that's in front of you, whatever and see the Jordan at the time that they crossed it, see the Jordan was very, very high. It was that it was the time in the season where it was almost about to overflow the embankment. So it was going to be very difficult or nearly impossible for them to cross over. Walking, you got to remember that ain't like they they got boats and canoes and you know rafts and all that stuff. They on foot. 
But it don't matter how impossible the situation looks. It don't matter how high the water is. It don't matter how high the tide is. See, God is the God who will part a sea. He will part the opposition. He will part the waters from in front of you as he brought you out. And in the same way, he'll part those waters that's in front of you to take you in. And they'll still drown your enemies. They'll still overtake those people who are coming against you. It'll still, you know, take the enemy out for you. So you don't worry about that. Because God said if he did it, then he'll do it again. You got to know the God you serve, but you got to understand the signs of, of transition and when it's time to cross over and you got to know how to stand and you got to know how to be strong and courageous. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't feed into the lies of the enemy. Cast down those high imaginations. Keep your eyes on things eternal. Keep your eyes on Christ Jesus. Think of things that are, are holy. I got to cast down thoughts all the time. Every time, every day. I got to cast some things down because they want to try to tell me God ain't coming through. Why are you still waiting? He ain't came through yet. You know, you like God ain't hear you. Oh, you might as well take that opportunity because see, I had an opportunity or what seems like an opportunity of what I was believing God for. And see, when you're in a place of desperation, you got to be mindful or when you're in a place where you feel like your back is against the wall or you're in a place where you're so uncomfortable that you just want to get relief. You just want to get out. You got to sometimes the Bible, you know, you got to stand still and know, be still. And so I almost took the opportunity. But as I began to pray on it, as I began to pray on it, I started to realize, no, this ain't you, God. God, you're not going to put me in a place of torment. You ain't going to take me back to the place you delivered me from. You're not going to put me in a place that I that 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 was causing me pain and grief. You're not going to do that. But see, I had to be able to step back from the situation, get out of my feelings and, and really allow the Holy Spirit to help me to discern. This wasn't this wasn't God's opportunity. So that meant I had to stay still. Even in the place I'm in right now, I had to stay still, even though I'm ready to go. Physically, I'm packed. And see, that's another thing you got to ask yourself when you know you're in a time of position. Are you prepared? Are you prepared? In Exodus 12, God gave Israel specific instructions on how to prepare. Because see, the, the deliverance, you got to hear me now. The deliverance was going to come quick. And the deliverance was going to come in the night hour when you least expect it. So you can't worry about taking all this stuff you think you need. Come on now, Esther. See, Esther listened to Haggai. She listened to, you know, the eunuch and she didn't take but what she was told to take into the king and she found favor with the king and everybody. Sometimes we need to, we think we got to take all of this stuff. Because that's old season stuff. See, you got to understand when he told Israel to be prepared because he was about to send the death angel and he was going to strike every household of Egypt. But for them to take the hyssop and the blood and to put it over the doorpost because that was the mark and the death angel was going to know he had to pass over because you got to understand a thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand may be at your right hand. People all around you may be going through. People all around you may be suffering, but it won't come near your dwelling if you be obedient to what God told you to do see they couldn't do nothing but take the the the, the kneading bowls and they couldn't do nothing but take the bread without yeast and the things that god told them to take you got to imagine they have been living in this land over 430 years you know they had some stuff come on now that's like you've been living in your house however long you got all this furniture and all this stuff god come tell you okay i'm about to take you out of here i'm about to deliver you but the only thing you can take is your purse you got to be ready are you ready? 
See, because it was going to be a quick work. God came through swiftly. He, they had to leave swiftly and on the way out, even though they had to take those, they had to leave those possessions that they acquired while they were in that land. What did God do for them in their obedience to take the bare minimum, to take only the necessities? See, when you are in this time of transition, make sure that you're going through and you're asking God to show you the things you don't need, to show you the mindset you don't need, to show you sometimes it's the people you don't need. Ask him what don't you need, the behavior you don't need, the habits you don't need, right? Ask him, what don't I need? What's not going to be suitable? What's not going to serve me in the promised land? So they didn't need to worry about taking all the stuff they acquired in the place of slavery because God was going to take them into a place of freedom. And so on their way out, when he said it's time to go, when when he said it's time for y'all to go and y'all got to move quickly and get out. But go ahead and ask all of the Egyptians. Come on, go ahead. All the people who were oppressing you, the people who were keeping you downtrodden, the people who were speaking against you, the people who were holding you back on your way out, ask them first for some stuff. Ask them for some gold and some silver. Ask them for some for some for some linen and some some wealth and materials. And guess what did God do? He gave them favor with the Egyptians. So even on their way out, they didn't have to take the stuff they acquired while they were in the place of bondage, but they still came out with wealth. So sometimes we got to make room for God. And that might mean we got to get rid of some stuff. It may be physical stuff. It may be spiritual stuff. It may be emotional stuff. It may be mental stuff. Who knows what it is? But you're going to have to get rid of some stuff because God can't pour in, pour in a vessel that's already full. And see, God understands that if you're too full, you may not be able to run as fast as you need to. So they couldn't even worry about trying to take all of that stuff. It was going to weigh them down. That's why the Bible tells us to lay aside the weight and the sin. That so easily ensnares us because some you just don't need some things no more. Because God is going to do a new thing. He's going to bless you on your way out, but you got to be willing to give up some things. You got to understand the same way he brought you out of that situation. Like, I don't know. Y'all may not know my testimony, um, but y'all are more than welcome to go back and listen to some other lives that I've done, some other um, episodes. And I've talked about the, the hell I was in in this last relationship that I was in with this guy who I'm talking about. It was pure hell. It's not me being figurative. I'm talking about literally I was I was in the most toxic, abusive relationship I've ever been in my life. And it literally almost took me out. But God brought me out. So even though I may feel like I'm in another place of bondage or I'm in another place that's trying to keep me captive, I got to know that the same way he parted the Red Sea to bring me out, he's going to part the Jordan to take me in because that's the God I serve. But I have to be obedient. Don't take nothing you don't need. Don't take nothing you don't need. Don't try to hold on to people, places, and things. When God tell you to leave something go, it may hurt. It may be difficult. I have had to let a lot of the stuff go just even this year. Friends, friends I didn't have over 10, 15 years. Places, my own family. I've had to walk away from family. Even Abraham had to walk away from family. God ain't asking us to do nothing nobody else ain't had to do. But we got to be obedient.
If we want to eat the good of the land, you got to obey. If you want to occupy the promise, if you want to take the territory and possess the promise, you got to be in position. And you can't have unnecessary stuff weighing you down. You have to be strong and courageous. You have to not be afraid. Trust that the Lord is with you. This is your time of transition. You will cross over if you stay the course. And yes, an opportunity may arise. I, I just told y'all my testimony. This is this just happened recently. Like an opportunity came. I'm looking I, for me to get the very thing I'm believing God for to get out of this particular place I'm in. But I had to be wise. And I had to be discerning, like, no, but that wasn't God. Because the counterfeit always going to come for the real thing. The counterfeit is going to come before the real thing. That ain't just with people. Counterfeit opportunities. Counterfeit, you know, doors open. The enemy comes as the angel of light. He's going to come and try to deceive you. He's going to tempt you. He's going to tempt you, but you got to stand firm. And when you know that that's not God and you discerned it and you prayed over it and the Holy Spirit has confirmed like mm, it's a no, stand on that and don't move. Be still and know. He told Israel when the Egyptians started to pursue them again after they let them leave, then the enemy started pursuing them again and they started to get full of fear again and they were crying out and Moses would go to the Lord and the Lord like, what you crying out to me for? Get, take the staff that's in your hand. Tell the children of Israel to be still, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The enemies that you see today, you will see no more. That is what God told them. In Exodus, what, 13 or 14? I think the beginning of 14, somewhere around there. As Israel was scared. And see, it's interesting because, see, they just experienced victory. They just came out. They were delivered and they received and they plunder Egypt on their way out. But see, sometimes we still can get discouraged when we experience opposition, even after the victory. But God says, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord for the enemies that you see today. You will see no more. So, yes, you might have had victory yesterday. Yes, there might have been a breakthrough. And then it may seem like, okay, all hecked and broke loose. Stand still. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you. In the same way he brought you out, he going to take you in. And you will possess the promise if you stay in position. So that was intense, right? But to God be the glory. I'm always here willing to be a vessel because I love you all with the love of Christ. And I want to see all of us to possess the promises that God has given us. I want to see us all, you know, continue to just um, be able to worship and glorify the Lord and see the salvation of the Lord and experience the goodness of God in the land of the living, right? God did not create us to be oppressed and downtrodden in poverty and, you know, in, in, in perpetual cycles of failure and brokenness. That's not God's heart for you. He didn't die for you to live that kind of life. He died. Christ said he came to give you life that you shall have it more abundantly. Well, it's time for you to possess the promise of the abundant life that Jesus Christ 
died for you to have amen and so my heart is that this touched you this ministered to you this confirmed some things to you i shouldn't say anything that you have not already heard or god has already told you because i'm just here as a vessel to to just continue to assure you of what you heard from god as long as you know it was from god it god is saying don't lose heart don't move stay in position stay in position you will know you will know when it's God. You will know when God opened the door. You will know when it's the opportunity God brought. And, and things are going to happen quick. So be mindful, even in the moment of waiting on God. Ask him, go to him to examine your heart, to examine your life. What is in your life that you don't need? What don't you need to take with you? What is the weight and the sin that you need to lay aside? So as you enter in a promise, you don't take these things with you into the promised land. Ask him. You know, and he will, and he is, the Bible says that any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. And God, who will give liberally and not grudgingly, right? You you have not because you ask not. This is a time of transition. Look up Rosh Hashanah. Look up Shemitah year. You know, look up what those things mean biblically. Allow Holy Spirit and God to, to, to minister to you about those things concerning your personal life, right? Because I don't know. All I know is what God has given me to say, but only God knows you personally. He knows where you are. He knows the plans he has for you. And it's for a hope and a future, not for destruction and to bring you to an expected end. And God's intention is for you to possess the promise. I don't care how long you've been waiting on it. Abraham and Sarah waited 24 years, but they still was able to receive the promise. So it don't matter how long you can wait it, how long it feel like it's tarried. The Bible tells us that God is not slow to act. You know, he He just holds back because he wants none to be destroyed. It's going to always be in his perfect timing. And the time of transition, the time of taking uh, territory and possessing the promise is now. And so I just believe that testimonies will come forth, that God will confirm his word with signs followings. I pray that you all are blessed. And I will see you guys next time here on the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. And I want you to know every sister, every person who gets on this um, podcast episode and every episode that your past.